I feel that it is important for us to be able to understand all these contradictory beliefs that we form within ourselves to justify the acts. You know, it's important for us to make sense of all these beliefs that don't make sense. <laughs> then that don't make sense, right? Because what happens is that when we believe into all these overinflated beliefs, right, and we we feel that hey, you know, this is the right thing to do. What happens is that it maintains the dominance in the perception of ourselves. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another beautiful episode of the Good Life Podcast with me, Noor, and me, Mizi Wahid. Thank you so much for you know joining us in another beautiful and soulful episode, and we hope that you're doing well. We definitely truly do appreciate your time in listening to the episodes week after week. Don't forget to give us a follow on whichever podcast platform you're listening this from to get the latest um, notifications on new releases of our episodes. And if you can, please, please, please do drop us a kind review, which will definitely help others to listen to us as well. Yeah. So I'm really totally excited for today's episode. And, you know, we're going to be talking about the concept of self-deception. The lies that we tell ourselves. Interesting. Yeah, I know, right? I'm really excited to share with (laughs) y'all. If there's one thing... You know, if there's one person I thought I would never lie to, it would be myself. I know, right? Right? We only lie to people because we're scared of something. Um, We don't want them to think of us, you know, in the wrong way. But um, today we're going to talk about self-deception. Yeah, you know, more often than not, we tend to lie a lot to ourselves. Mm. Because humans are masters of self-deception, right? Where we fool ourselves into believing things that are false. And we refuse to believe things that are true. Mm. You know, we lie to ourselves even in the smallest details. Like, you know, how much we ate today. Telling ourselves that we're only going to eat, you know, one cookie. Yeah, got to have one <sighs> Oh, man, I feel so guilty now. Have you experienced Thanks, something like that? Thanks for the example. <laughs> but then you realize, oh my god, half the cookie jar is kind of gone. <laughs> or another example, you know, we tell ourselves, okay, you know, once I purchase that gym membership, then, you know, I'll go to the gym on a regular basis, right? Because I paid for it. I paid for it. <laughs> You just hit me twice in a row. That's not nice. And another one, another example is this. People who like to snooze a lot, the Mm. chronic snoozers, right? When they tell themselves this, that, okay, this is going to be the last time that I'm going to press the snooze button. And after this, I'm going to like legit wake up Mm -hmm. and start my day. So those are the small things that we lie to ourselves. Mm. We also lie to ourselves when it comes to the big decisions in our lives. Like for example... Why we married who we married, Mm. right? Convincing ourselves that it is out of true love, right? But deep down, somewhere inside, we're actually hanging on to the relationship for dear life because of our fears of abandonment, you know, our fears of loneliness. Mm. And it could also be the career choices that we make in our lives, right? Like convincing ourselves that, you know, we will be promoted to a senior leadership position one day if we keep working hard, despite the fact fact that we have already been there for like you know over 10 years over 15 years mm-hmm. but still there's no no promotion whatsoever mm. i think it's really interesting especially when you spoke about marriage or you know any relationship 
because I know a lot of people who they have friends around them who who have known them for a long time, and when they found out that they're in a relationship with someone who they feel is not good for them, and they're not doing this out of jealousy, they're doing this objectively, giving feedback, but then the person who's in that relationship would say something like, "But he's perfect for me, yeah. but she's good for me," you know, and and. They, they just can't see it or they refuse to see it. Maybe this is also another form of self-deception, as you mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one challenge with self-deception is that when we do it unconsciously, it reinforces the story we believe to be true. We tend to not see the facts as they are anymore. And, you know, it changes um, to fit into what we want to hear, what we want to see. It fits into what we want to avoid most. And I feel that this results in unnecessary consequences and pain in the long run. Why, why do you say so? Because, you know, it moves beyond lying to your own self. Mm. It moves towards lying towards other people too. And that's when, you know, it crosses into that line of deception and manipulation, which is, you know, not a good thing. That's true. I think this is, it's, it's it crosses also the line of what do you call um, self-prophecy, is it? Yeah. When, when you start saying something repeatedly, even yeah. though it is a lie, you manipulate yourself into thinking that this is now the the new you. Yeah, mm. yeah. You will tend to look for things, you know, find people that confirm the the beliefs that you have within you, mm. right? Which is what we want to talk about in today's episode: the different types of lies mm. and self deception that we go into. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's called self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, self fulfilling <laughs> prophecy. <Yeah. laughs> so you know, one of the ways that we lie to ourselves is this term called the willful. Ignorance. Have you heard that term before? No, no. No? So basically what it means is that when individuals, right, they realize at some level of their consciousness that their beliefs are probably false, but they end up not doing anything about it. Mm -hmm. They end up refusing to attend to that information that will actually establish their falsity. Basically, what they're doing is avoiding at all costs the consumption of information that conflicts with their beliefs. Is this similar to ignorance is bliss? N not addressing, confronting the real truth yeah. is going to help me at least not deal with the pain of yeah. the truth. Yeah, basically, you know, they believe that by running away from the truth, by staying ignorant or indifferent mm. about things in their lives, it would hopefully, magically, you know, wash away their issues, wash away their problems, and hopefully they just see rainbows in their lives, which is not the case, right? Life is not just filled with mm. rainbows and unicorns. Yeah. <laughs> We've got to also face the tough stuff, the tough, you know, issues and challenges in our lives as well. I I'll probably <laughs> use, because now it's durian season, I'll use durian as an, a metaphor. <laughs> sure. The durian on the outside is thorny yeah. and hard, but on the inside, that's heavenly. Yeah. For some people, at least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, one example uh, when it comes to willful ignorance is this. You know, when it comes to romantic relationships, right? Um, for instance, a woman falls in love with a man whom she finds super attractive, super charming, despite the fact that, you know, people around her are telling her that, oh man, you know, he's such a colossal jerk. Did you just say colossal? Colossal. Colossal. Is that how you pronounce it? <laughs> yes, it is. Colossal. Colossal, colossal jerk. Colossal wow. jerk. You, you need to be, you need to have done something really massive. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. In order to be labeled, to be given that label. I know, right? <laughs> 
So the thing is that you know, the the person she hears that oh my god you know this person that I'm dating it's not really a healthy person to be around with right so even though the facts are staring right at her even though she might you know somehow suspect that he is a rotten tomato but something within her she tries to justify that uh, you know he's right <laughs> mm-hmm. right and that you know the bad temper that she sees it's it's justifiable mm-hmm. that you know it's probably due to a justifiable cause mm. right and that he will probably grow out of it he will probably come round to his senses one day you know i'm sure like you know a lot of ladies a lot of individuals out there they can probably relate to this point where they see a behavior that is uh-uh not okay mm. but somehow they still come up with excuses for them mm-hmm. right and the reason why a lot of times people behave this way is because their mind in a way has been fixed on a certain way of seeing things of mm. seeing that particular individual right so when you apply willful ignorance in this case what happens is that it sets yourself up you know being trapped in an unhealthy and toxic relationship you know it's that unhealthy vicious cycle that people get pulled into again and again yeah. because of their refusal to see the actual truth i think sometimes what love does is that as they say love blinds mm-hmm. and um you know i remember a guy who had this problem as well he was with with this girl and they were already engaged and going to get married soon um he caught her cheating on him and wow. then she begged for his forgiveness to not cancel the wedding and he forgave her um so because he loved her so much he was willing to overlook that mm-hmm. uh, mistake um and even though there were one or two friends who knew about it and they told him to be careful he said it's okay i think i'm i'm going to go with it but after marriage she she, she apparently had had uh, cheated on him more than once wow and so you know i must say that it's not easy you know mm-hmm. um no matter what the promises what the signs are it's still not so straightforward for us to be able to tell or judge uh, a person's true character and how they're going to behave yeah. later on in life but um I guess maybe one of the things we can take away from this point right now about willful ignorance is to maybe balance it off like whatever we're feeling right now uh put it side by side with whatever feedback we're getting from people mm-hmm. and then analyze uh those points as uh, objectively as you can so yeah. hopefully uh even if you do get fooled again manipulated again hurt again it won't be that bad. Yeah, absolutely. I always believe, right, you know, in such a situation where, you know, in the case um the person is being cheated on and or being betrayed. Um I find that it's really important for us to focus on the current situation in terms of what they're doing right now, the current behavior. You know, if they they can promise you the world that yeah, you know, I will change, you know, I love you so much, I will never ever hurt you ever again. But if they are doing things right now that's not aligned to what they are are trying to strive towards which is change mm-hmm. then you got to be able to take in those signs and do something about it right don't deny yourself of the reality that you're seeing right now i think that's what causes a lot of people to you know go into this endless cycle of suffering right pain yep. is something that a lot of us will go through you know but 
suffering, it's optional. Mm. We can choose to not suffer. We can choose to end the cycle of, yeah, of that's suffering. True. That's true. <laughs> right? Yeah. And another example of willful ignorance, it's also this. Um, for example, you know, a father were to hit his children, right? And he then believes that the reason why he is hitting his children is because he's doing it out to um, a form to discipline his kids, mm-hmm. right? But in actual fact, him hitting and abusing his kids is because he simply can't control his temper and his emotions. But the thing is, he doesn't want to go there. Mm. He doesn't want to uncover um, further on that true purpose. And or he reason. doesn't want to learn how to improve himself. Yeah. So he will just hide behind the excuses that I'm doing this for my children's good, right? So that, you know, the, the, the term tough love. Mm. So that, you know, they will grow up to, to I, learn I be- from their I mistakes. believe in tough love, but Tough love does not equal violence. Yeah, abuse. Not uh-uh. abuse yeah. yeah. So I think a lot of times people tend to not know how to use this concept in the right way and mm-hmm. they just kind of manipulate according to, you know, whatever they feel That's is true. right for them, which yeah. is not cool And it at happens all. quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. And so that's the first, right? Willful ignorance. The second is this, double think. Interesting term. What's that? It's like, <laughs> is it like when you're having second thoughts? If it, is it when you're second guessing yourself or something? Or? It sounds like that, but what it actually is, is the ability to believe and live contradictory beliefs, right? Mm. It's basically holding two contradictory beliefs in one's mind simultaneously, where in our minds, both of those beliefs seem totally acceptable and totally valid. And, you know, to also forget any fact that has become inconvenient, which then denies you, you know, the existence of having any objective reality. Okay, pause, pause. I'm confused. So, <laughs> maybe an example might help me. Yeah, let me give you an example. <laughs> so, for instance, right, if you were to say to yourself, I must fit in. But at the same time, you have the thought and belief that, okay, but I must stand out as well. Mm. So that's one example. Another one is you say to yourself, okay, I need to follow my dreams. Go all out and follow my dreams, my passion. Take risks. Yeah, take risks. But at the same time, you're telling yourself, okay, wait, but I need to find, you know, a secure and stable job, Mm. right? It sounds like, um, especially the first one just now, about what uh, fitting fitting in in. and standing out. Yeah. Almost sounds like a person having an identity crisis. Mm. Like I want to belong, yeah. But at the same time, I want I don't want to be average. I yeah. don't want to like blend in with everyone too much. Yeah, mm. precisely. It really results in a lot of confusion within, yeah. right? Within your identity, and you get kind of torn. Like, mm. which one do you follow? Yeah. <laughs> right. And another one that I often hear is, okay, don't lie. Don't ever lie. It's a bad thing. But at the same time, you have this belief that don't say anything rude to people, <laughs> right? So, so you... as a result, <laughs> you lie. <laughs> so how do you balance between... Is, is that what some people call as a white lie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? They, they, you know, they tell someone, or they tell themselves, you know, I'm not overweight, I'm just big boned. Something <laughs> yes. like that. Yes. So that they don't have to work out. And yeah, you see the lies mm-hmm. that we tell ourselves. Mm-hmm. And another one, a very common one that people go through is this. Um, they say that, okay, my life, it is run by fate, right? Okay. By fate. But at the same time, I must exercise free will. Mm-hmm. So, Ustaz, this reminds me of a question that I feel that a lot of people, they kind of think about. And it's with regard to the divine decree and free will in Islam. So, Mm. you know, how do we 
um, reconcile the two apparently contradictory facts that, okay, God has absolute power and, you know, the sovereignty over all his creations, right? But at the same time, you know, we are also, you know, we're responsible for our actions. So how do we reconcile that? Oh, wow. Okay. So we're going to have to go deep here for a while. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> Bear with me. Um, <laughs> I think I also wrote this in my books, um, Call Upon Him, The Art of Letting God, because it's so important to know the line between surrendering and actually putting in effort, making prayer and actually putting in effort. Yeah. Um, and people often wonder, so if everything's already written, why do I need to do anything? If everything's already predestined, then why do I even need to make prayer mm-hmm. and ask God for something? Um, so this is where we need to really, really understand. Okay, how we're going to understand this is actually... Um, I think it starts from how we phrase certain things. Mm-hmm. To a certain extent, it is true. It's called predestination, and it, it, you can find this in many translations. Mm-hmm. But you know, some you know, some people, myself included, I'm not so comfortable with loosely using the term predestination. You know why? Because when people think predestined, it means everything's written. I can't do anything about my life. Yeah, I'm a puppet. Yeah, and and that's not like what. Uh, our religion teaches us. Mm-hmm. Our religion teaches us that we must work hard. We must try for the things that we want. We must try to change our ways if, if our life, you know, is going on the wrong path. And so why is there all of these things? Why is there such a thing as repentance? Why is there such a thing as dua and, and you know, asking for God for something that we want? Except that there can be a difference if we put in those efforts, if we make the right kind of prayers, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, the, the right belief is that there is a balance. Okay, there's a balance and we need to put in the effort and at the same time learn to understand that whatever outcome that is best for us is probably what's going to be determined for us yeah. and we need to learn to embrace it. It may not be exactly what we want. Yeah. And this is normally the case. People say, oh, that's not what I wanted. But, you know, sometimes that's what's good for you. You don't go to the doctor and then expect the doctor to prescribe to you candies, chocolates, and ice cream. You say, oh, <laughs> yeah. that's not what I wanted. But it, what the doctor gives you is exactly what you need for your own betterment, for your health, for your well-being, and so on and so forth. And so um, we need to learn to reconcile in that manner. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's also about, um, I hope, uh, you know, people will go and attend more classes, read more books, learn more, because... Um, you know, you can't, you can't understand this in five minutes. Mm-hmm. And this is very deep. Um, so having a good teacher to guide you would be a wonderful help. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for that. Um, and I think whatever you said is absolutely true yeah. because I think people tend to sometimes go to the extremes. They mm-hmm. develop a very extremist sort of ideology. Yeah. And that's when it gets very dangerous. It's either complete free will or I'm just a puppet. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's about, I think in Islam, it's all about achieving that balance in our lives because at the end of the day, you know, we are indeed morally responsible for all of our actions and you know what we choose to do with our God-given will that will actually determine um, you know our ultimate fate right because I feel that God has the power to change destiny based on the choices that we make mm-hmm. yeah ultimately God is in control yeah ultimately God that. is in control yeah. but he also gives us that you know that part of it where we do have some yeah. some control the thing about what people also get confused is often the fact that Oh, so everything's written. Yes, mm-hmm. everything's written, but it does not mean that God controlled all our decisions. Yeah, God's knowledge is so vast that He knows the past, present, and the future. 
And I think everyone can agree with that. Anyone with faith and who have studied God's attributes will, will, will be able to accept that. But that's where they also get confused. They think that just because it's written, it means that God wrote it on our behalf. Yeah. No. Perhaps it was actually, all of it was our decision. We decided to do this. We decided to marry that person. We decided to choose this path of study. We decided to buy that house instead of another one. And all of our decisions have already been written because he already knows. Yeah. So understanding the level of God's knowledge uh, and that he is the omniscient God and he knows everything, that also may help you in grasping this uh, understanding. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. There's so much to actually discover and understand with with regard to the divine decree mm-hmm. and the power of like you no know, free will. So I think it is important for us, you know, when we have such questions, it is important that we go into that um that state of um positive inquiry so that you know it guides us um towards the path where we feel enlightened and yep. not not towards the path where um you know we do things that are in the extremes, you yep. know, th- that's not a good thing, yeah. right? And, you know, I was just thinking about another example of double think, and mm-hmm. I think it relates to, especially when someone is struggling with addiction, okay. right? And you notice that people who are going through addiction, they tend to manufacture a reality in which their use is not disordered or, you know, it's not addictive, mm. right? So they conjure up this reality that they don't really have an addiction issue, you know, and... In they the justify l- it? Yes, you know, they tend, tend to justify it. And, you know, in the life of someone who is struggling with addiction, contradictions become a way of their life, mm. right? And, you know, even on some level, if the person believes that they are becoming addicted to it, you know, or if they're given plenty of evidence around them that shows that, hey, you know, they cannot control their addiction, what they would tend to do, yeah, you know, they come up with excuses. They would tend to appeal to their radiant hand belief that they are just fine, mm. that they have everything under control, right? And they also tend to have this belief that, hey, you know, this would be the last time that they'd be you know, drinking or yeah. using or when it comes to relationships, right? Mm. This would be the last time that they go back to, you know, that toxic relationship. So mm. this is what um, we're talking about, you know, emotional addiction here. And I feel that it is important for us to be able to understand all these contradictory beliefs that we form within ourselves to justify the acts. You know, it's important for us to make sense of all these beliefs that, don't make sense. <laughs> then that don't make sense, right? Because what happens is that when we believe into all these overinflated belief, right? And we, we feel that, hey, you know, this is the right thing to do. What happens is that it maintains the dominance in the perception of ourselves. And I feel that this overrides, you know, any wish to change. Yeah. And I feel that without that wish to change, there will be no willingness to embark on that road, on that path of true healing and sobriety. Yeah. You yeah. know what's interesting? Recently, I interviewed a couple um, as per the normal procedure before I solemnize them. Months before that, I would interview them, talk to them. And uh, I've had couples who, you know, the guy said he just left prison because he was in for drugs. But Recently, last week or two weeks ago, one of the guys said the same thing, but he's been clean for five years. Mm-hmm. And that's really impressive. Yeah. So I asked him, I said, before I asked him, I said, is it true though that um, based on others that I've met and families of those 
people who have abused drugs. They say that the biggest factor in causing them to always go back having relapses are their friends, mm. their social circles. He said, well, yes, but for me, it wasn't. And then I asked him, what do you mean? He said, for me, Ustaz, how I got over it and became clean was just me telling myself that I don't want to go back anymore. Wow. And so I thought that was really powerful. Yeah. It means that in, in today's context, he stopped, he chose to stop lying to himself. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's that it. that is it's a big thing. It's a big thing. It's a big hurdle. Life changing. Yeah. That I think a lot of times, you know, why people stay stuck in the whole addiction cycle is because they can't move past that denial phase. Mm. Right? They cannot stop lying to themselves and tell themselves and call themselves out on that, that lying behavior, mm. right? And I feel that as long as they can't move past that that phase, as long as they cannot see that there is an issue with, you know, living with a life of lies, it's going to be hard for them to get the help that they need to mm. recover. Mm. Yeah. Let's go into the third point. The third point is self-serving bias. Right. So what is that? Self-serving bias basically is, <laughs> you know, when we credit our success to our hard work. And when it comes to failures, we tend to blame it on something that's external. Mm. Right. So let me give an example. So for instance, you would tell yourself, you know, um, oh, I didn't get the promotion, you know, because my boss did not provide me with, you know, enough information or sufficient information to prepare me for the job. So that's why mm. I'm, I'm promotionless, mm. right? So that's one example. Or, or yeah, you know, like you say that my boss didn't communicate properly to me on, you know, on what he wanted to see in a promotion, the requirements of being promoted. And therefore, because of that, you know, it helped me back from truly addressing any issues that I needed to address. So basically what's happening here is that you know, because he did not get the promotion, mm-hmm. he's just blaming it on someone else. I mean, it could be true that the boss did not clearly communicate to him on the requirements of a promotion but it could also mean you know it could also include the possibility of him lacking in certain skill sets Mm. which he wasn't aware of but because he is in the whole zone of the self-serving bias he did not allow himself to look inward and see whether hey Mm. possibly there could be something that i could work on within me to improve on yeah you know i I always am quite uncomfortable with the blaming mindset, you know, like you blame everything and everyone external. Mm-hmm. You never look in the mirror. You know, for example, the example you gave, like, oh, I didn't get a promotion because my boss didn't guide me properly or didn't tell me exactly what I needed to do in order to get promoted. When I heard that, I'm thinking, but you could have just asked, yeah, what do I need to do? Yeah. What more? Is there anything else you want me to learn, right? To upgrade myself. Um, and I think it doesn't take much to do that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, performance, bonuses, promotions, it happens annually. So you technically had 12 months to just go to <laughs> go to your boss's office and say, boss, uh, yeah. how do I get promoted, by the way? What's the pathway for me? And that's what that's all that it, it needed. Or yeah. maybe even an email. But that's, that's the problem. When you have a, a mindset that just chooses to blame easily, you never are truly accountable for this, the the 
the things that don't go right in your life. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in life, we always have choices, right? Either we're gonna sit back and blame the world for everything that not go according to what we planned or we could do something about it, right? We have choices in our lives either to give in, give up or give it all we've got and, you know, see how it goes, mm. right? So, another form of lying to ourselves is this, is the belief that we have that, you know, something within us is inherently wrong or insufficient. Is this number four? This is number four. Okay. Yeah. So, now what this means is that, you know, we have this internalization of beliefs that we are not good enough as we are and that, you know, we are fundamentally flawed and unloved. Mm. Right? And I feel that some people, they internalize this on a greater level um, than other people because it really depends on what they've been through in the past. So for those who have been through an abusive or in a traumatic past, they would probably have this mindset of, I am not good enough. Something yeah. is wrong with me. So that's why, you know, I repel people. That's why, you know, I'm not getting the job I need or that's why I'm not succeeding in life. That's why my parents love my other siblings more than me. That's why, yeah. you know, uh, my teachers give me a, a low mark compared to my other friends. Like, something bad happened and then they forever think of themselves in that way. Yeah. And that's really sad. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it is. Because, you know, the first thing that they think about is blaming themselves. Mm. Being really harsh on, them, on themselves and really nitpicking all these flaws and mistakes. Sometimes there's also comments that people made in the past that make them feel like there's something wrong with them. Mm -hmm. um, like they're insufficient. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it could also go all the way back to the days when they were a teenager hanging out with friends and then maybe one day their friends didn't uh, for conveniently forgot to invite them for a birthday party or conveniently um, did not include them in a, in a group photo or something. I don't know. Yeah. Something like that can really, you know, damage a person's self-esteem and mm -hmm. then start to think to themselves, oh, maybe there's something wrong with me. They don't want me there. Yeah. Maybe I don't belong, right? Maybe I'm not enough to be at their level. Mm -hmm. And so that, to me, needs to be fixed. Yeah. It needs to be looked into. Mm -hmm. And I feel that, you know, this lie that we keep telling ourselves that we are not good enough, it is the cornerstone of personal shame. Right, I feel the reason why this happens a whole lot is because a huge part of us is afraid, you know, afraid to let go of the belief that we are inherently deficient, that, you know, we are created to not be perfect, mm. right? So what we do is we hold on to this misery and we, we wear it, you know, like this badge of honor walking around because it is the only identity that we know, the only identity that we could identify with. You know how, you know how I spot people like this? It's when an opportunity is presented to them and presented to them meaning what? Meaning it's not by accident. Someone mm -hmm. actually can see potential in them. But they would quickly turn it down and say, Oh no, I don't think I'm good enough. It's, it's okay. I think someone else is better than me. Why yeah. don't you ask that, that yeah. lady instead? I think she's far more qualified than I am. Like, why are you even, you know, considering me? You know, you hear these kind of statements coming from someone yeah. who believes this, that there is something inherently wrong with them. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know what? I, I believe that if we were to actually let go of that I am not good enough belief, 
and accept that we are inherently worthy of life, worthy of all the beautiful things in life, then that would mean that, you know, we would possibly have to let go of, you know, that right to victimhood, which we would probably be used to, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, we would probably need to let go of that right to be, quote, and unquote, special. And then, you know, turn into this anonymous nobody, just being this other face in the crowd. And this is something that a lot of people fear, right? To let go of that control. To let go of, even if it's, it means being, to let go of being a victim, it's scary for them. So they basically rather hang on to that. So basically what you're saying here is that some people get so comfortable with this belief that they get comfortable with being a victim yeah. to a certain extent. Yeah. And I think maybe the, that what that actually means in reality is that the attention that they get would be lesser. Am I right to say that? In a way, yeah. Mm, because, sympathy. Yeah, because in a way, you know, even being like a victim of their own lives, mm-hmm. they would get a level of attention from people around them. Mm-hmm. And they will feel a level of familiarity in the emotions they feel. Mm-hmm. But when they need to let go of all of that, in a way, a part of them feels that, okay, oh man what do I then need to do now mm. to rebuild this new identity within? Mm-hmm. And it's scary. Yeah. It's scary because it deals with a lot of unknowns and uncertainties, mm. right? But I feel that it's something that we need to allow ourselves to to give ourselves that permission to, to go through that, mm. to let go of that part that is not serving us anymore. Because mm. as long as we still hold space for things that are not healthy for us, it's impossible for us to make room for the healthy things in life. It's impossible for us to grow and flourish in life if we are still hanging on to things that are not serving us anymore. That's true. Yeah. So the next thing that we want to talk about, the fifth thing, is procrastination. This is another form in which we lie to ourselves. We probably need another whole episode just about this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But you guys, I'm sure this is something that, you know, y'all probably go through, you know, some of y'all maybe on a daily basis. (laughs) You know, things like, you would say to yourself, okay, you know, I want to change, but, you know, hey, you know, it's not the right time. Or, I would love to work out today. Mm. You know, but, hey, you know, weather is just so good. You know, it's raining every it's single day. It's, it's always the weather. It's always the weather, right? I'm like, okay, I'll just sleep in today because the weather's good to me. There's always tomorrow. There's always tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, for people who want to start something new, a business venture, they would tell themselves, oh, you know, but... It's not the perfect time. It's not the right time. Or there's just way too much for me to handle, to think about. Or I don't have the skills to start my own business right now. So we come up with all these excuses within our minds just so that we don't get that thing started. Mm. Right? And I feel that, you know, people, they engage in this irrational cycle of chronic procrastination because of the inability to manage the negative moods around a task. I feel that it all boils down to the emotions. Mm. You know, you know that daunting, overwhelming feeling of starting the task. When it comes, we just feel like, oh my God, I want to run away from it. And the only way to, to deal with that is procrastinate, mm. to defer and to delay it to another moment. But the thing is that, you know, it's still there. We still need to get it done. Yeah. What I learned <laughs> about procrastination from my readings and some programs I've attended before in the past, it's really the reason why a lot of people procrastinate is because they feel like the the, the, the needing to do that thing now 
is more painful mm, than yeah. skipping it. Yeah. Maybe skipping it means I get to watch another episode on Netflix. Skipping it means I, I can continue playing video games. Skipping it means I can continue sleeping. So that is less painful. So they avoid what's painful. Yeah. But then they panic when, you know, everything goes crazy. When deadline day comes, then they're like, oh my God, they're so stressed out. Uh, why are they suddenly able to finish their job in the last minute? No, have you have experienced this before? Yeah. Like your assignments last minute? <laughs> Yes. Wink, wink. I don't know how uh, I could do wonders. <laughs> but, you know, the reason why we are able to perform miracles in the last three days when we had three months to finish an assignment is because the fear of not meeting the deadline is now suddenly a lot more painful, 10 times more painful. And mm-hmm. so you do it. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like the when you talk about managing the negative moods around, it's also about, you know, um, telling yourself the right stuff. Yeah. Like if, But, you know, I can skip this today. But you know what would be even better for me to avoid that greater pain that's going to happen in the, in the near future. Yeah. But when you don't pay your taxes on uh, file your taxes on time, yeah. One day a letter comes and says you have to pay a fine for it. Yeah. Imagine that immediately, and it's going to change your mood. Yeah, mm. absolutely, absolutely. And I think it's all about you know being able to allow ourselves to deal and manage with the, with those emotions that come because at the core of it procrastination is an emotion regulation problem. It's not a time management problem, which I feel a lot of people think that it is. It's a self-management problem. Yeah, (laughs) you know, they think that, hey, you know, because I don't have time, so that's why I didn't have the opportunity to complete the the task, you know, or to start on the task. But, you know, you guys, it's not a time management problem. It's an emotion regulation problem. So it's important for us to be able to deal with those emotions and feelings that arise each time you think about, you know, doing that particular task. So it needs to be addressed. And in the case for chronic procrastination, Mm -hmm. it actually might indicate deeper feelings that's related to the task. You know, for example, things such as self-doubt, low self-esteem, anxiety, or insecurity. So I feel that until we allow ourselves to get to the bottom of what is really, really holding us back from executing that task, we will remain in that loop of procrastination. And, you know, the reason why procrastination, it tends to not be a one-off behavior. But you'll notice that it's a cycle. It's a cycle of procrastination, right? It's because when you put off a task, when you procrastinate, Mm. it produces that momentary relief. So, in a way, you have been rewarded for procrastinating. And what we know from basic behaviorism is that when we are rewarded for something, we tend to do it again. Yeah. Right? We tend to do it over because and it over feels and again. Good. It feels good. So how do we then stop this loop? You know, so it is important that we uncover and understand the emotions behind that act of procrastination. It's about, you know, finding a better reward than avoidance. Mm-hmm. It's about finding one that can relieve our challenging feelings in the present moment without actually causing harm to our future selves, mm. right? So the solution must therefore be internal and not dependent on anything but ourselves. So I feel that one of the things that can really help is self-forgiveness, right? Forgive yourself in the moments that you procrastinate. You know, don't be harsh on yourself. You got to practice self-compassion, right? Treating yourself with kindness and understanding, you know, in the face of your mistakes and your failures. 
It is about making that commitment to meeting your challenges with greater acceptance and kindness rather than, you know, rumination and mm. regret. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Like one of the things that also helped me um, in terms of overcoming procrastination is what I tend to do is I divide my tasks into subtasks. Mm. So, um, for instance, if I know I have to actually do a particular report or document, I don't think about the document or the report that I need to do because just thinking about it, it just causes me so much stress. Maybe you focus <laughs> on, okay, I need to research something first. Is yeah, the small things. So I think chunks, about yeah. the next immediate thing that I can do right now to get myself started on that task, which mm. is the first thing, okay, I need to get myself to my office desk. Mm. The next thing is to switch on my computer. Mm. So it's a step-by-step, small little baby steps, which helps me to get myself actually started on the task. And that reduces the overwhelming feelings that I feel on the inside. At the same time, it also motivates you because you're saying one one small task completed, yeah. up onto the next one. Yes. One small task completed, onto the next one. So it gives also your motivation. Absolutely. So that is something that really helps with me. And I hope that, you know, y'all, if you're struggling with, you know, procrastination, try it out. You know, allow yourself to break your task into smaller tasks that is manageable for you to do so that it doesn't seem so daunting for you. Mm. Right? Finally, you know, I, I know so many people who are so used to procrastination that now they are so proud of it <laughs> and they call themselves master procrastinators. And some call themselves professional procrastinators. Oh my God. So I think we need to get rid of such labels. Again. Yeah. yeah. It, I don't think it's anything to be proud of, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, you guys. Those are actually the five ways that we lie and deceive ourselves. The first is willful ignorance. The second is double thinking. The third is having self-serving biases. Number four, telling ourselves that we are inherently not good enough. Mm. And number five, it is procrastination. So, you know what? You know, understanding self-deception, it is the core of understanding ourselves on a deeper level. Because, you know, when we are able to admit to who we really are as a human being, then we are in that capacity to truly change and make great pathways for us to strive towards you know, the greatest success and goals in our lives, right? So we hope that you actually enjoyed today's episode on self-deception and the kind of lies that we tell to Stop ourselves. Lying. Stop lying to yourself. Stop lying, you guys. <laughs> Stop lying. <laughs> so once again, you know, thank you so much. We really do appreciate your beautiful time and listening all the way through. Don't forget to also follow our Instagram, the good life underscore podcast, where you get, you know, various updates on episode releases and all the awesome motivational posts. And sometimes Instagram lives. Yeah, Instagram lives and where we also, invite guests. Yeah, and, and that's also a great way for you to share feedback and ideas and suggestions of yeah. what other topics you want us to cover. Absolutely. You know, we we love, you know, building this um, conscious community of love and support for one another. So share with us, you know, your insights and your comments, you know, let us know what you think about the episodes, any questions that you have, any guests that you'd like us to have on the show, let us know. So that's all that we have for you today. We hope you take good care of yourself. Be bold, be beautiful and stay the amazing you that you are. Take care, everybody. Bye.